Money FM 89.3, best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific shares are extending yesterday's sell-off and trading further in the red this morning. Seoul is down three-quarters of a percent. Sydney is off half a percent. Tokyo is closed for a public holiday. This morning's losses follow a night of selling on Wall Street, though a last-hour recovery helped stem the downturn. The Dow closed off 1.8 percent. The S&P 500 and Nasdaq finished lower as well. Joining me now for a discussion on market action is Ryan Huang. Tuesday, how are you doing? Tuesday and yet uh, it seems like so much has gone by with all the news making the headlines. Yeah, you've been shimmying down fire poles. <laughs> yes, that too. Over the weekend, we had a experience at the fire station open house. So this is one of those opportunities hmm. for you to check things out at your local fire station. How and what they do. Wonderful. Every boy's dream come true, I think, right? <laughs> Get up close to those trucks. All right. While global markets were pretty much across the board over the past 24 hours, I want to start the morning with the financial sector. Banking shares were among the hardest hit on Wall Street overnight following a report of possible rampant money laundering. Deutsche Bank shares fell more than 8%. HSBC dropped 5%. Tell us more about the report. It appears that the banks were continuing to profit from illicit dealings despite receiving warnings from government regulators. Yes, Michelle. So that's what's the headline. You've got more than $2 trillion in transactions between 1999 and 2017, so almost the past two decades, uh, linked to possible money laundering or other criminal activity or what just, in general, suspicious activity. So that has been flagged by many of the bank's compliance officers and this material was picked up by some media and reporters outlets and reporters such as BuzzFeed and the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists. So the ICIJ uh, put out this report over the weekend and that pointed the finger at many banks not apparently doing their due diligence or at least being hand- handling the suspic- suspicious money. So right at the top, you mentioned Deutsche Bank uh, and their stock price down over 8%. They were handling $1.3 trillion of this suspicious sum. And you've got JP Morgan pretty much near the top, handling $514 billion. And Hong Kong, or rather HSBC and Standard Chartered Bank, were down over 4% yesterday. And Singapore banks also in the frame. You've got DBS Bank, CIMB Bank, and Deutsche Bank based here. Uh, they were handling around $4.5 billion. So apparently you've got this suspicious activity going on. But I think what to point out is some of it is, the caveat is, Mm. it is the compliance department at work doing their routine uh, flagging Mm -hmm. when things are out of the blue. For example, if you're typically a small spender and suddenly buy a big ticket item, that comes out as a big flag for them to report just out of compliance reasons. And sometimes when you want to clear out your bank to move to another bank. That also is another flag. But of course, there may be some criminal wrongdoing. And I think that is where HSBC is really under pressure there. And that is because the report singled them out as being involved with a Chinese Ponzi scheme and helping it to move money around, leaving victims of the scam unable to recoup losses. So HSBC, in fact, so much under so much pressure that their head of marketing has told the entire staff across the company to stop posting on social media to avoid any negative uh, reactions. 
Yeah, shares of HSBC down more than 50% this year to its lowest in more than two decades. You mentioned that media blackout, so HSBC telling its staff to stop posting on all the bank's social media accounts. HSBC has traditionally been a bridge between China and the West, and so increasingly finding itself caught between the two powers. And there are even reports that the bank may be on Beijing's new list of unreliable entities that are subject to sanctions. All right, let's turn back to broader markets now. The S&P 500 suffering its fourth loss in as many sessions. Now, aside from the banks, what else was driving investors to sell? To some extent, we saw technology names in the frame as well, but there was a late rally. Um, But what really stood out was this electric truck maker, Nikola. And this was on the back of its founder and chairman resigning abruptly after accusations by a short seller, Hindenburg, that there was a lot of lies being told to investors. So its stock price was down 19%. But like you mentioned, you did get a lot of pressure from the likes of the banks and also the energy sector. Hmm. You've seen oil prices down over 5%. So that was a quite a bit of headwind for the energy sector. So we've got quite a few stocks or sectors now joining the sell-off party, so to speak. So Wall Street down for a third day in a row. And with What's coming up this week? You've got the Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell mm. speaking to Congress, giving an economic outlook. And also, he's mentioned he's going to put out another round of stress tests for banks mm. and potentially cap dividends for banks. So you might see banks under pressure down the road for a bit longer. So something to watch out for if you are looking to buy on the dips. Yesterday, we noted that the five-day period from the 20th to 25th September is the worst week of the year for U.S. stocks, according to data compiled over the past 30 years. So, so far this week, the week is living up to its reputation. Yeah, so September not turning out to be a good month so far for stocks, (laughs) like what history has told us. Yeah, let's move on to corporate news. Elon Musk, he does a great job of branding Tesla's AGM. He's been referring to the annual general meeting as Battery Day. That's a nod to one of the electric car makers' key technologies. Musk dampening expectations for this year's event with a tweet this morning. Though he's trying to manage expectations. What did he post? Yeah, so we've got this AGM followed by a highly anticipated corporate event called Battery Day. So what's going on is people are looking out for what he will announce Mm. in terms of the next frontier in technology in terms of batteries. And this is a huge deal for electric vehicles um, because what the buzzword now is what's called a million-mile battery. So it's not how a battery can run for a million miles in between charges. It is how much of a lifespan it can run for um, until it goes kaput. So he is potentially going to make an announcement on a battery that can last longer. So right now, the current batteries on the markets can last about 1,000 full charges. Mm-hmm. So that, that is about 150,000 miles. So if you extrapolate that to a million miles, your battery in future could last about 4,000 full charges. So in, in fact, it's going to be a more robust battery and that will make a more compelling uh, reason for for you to get an electric vehicle because it now can last longer and your warranty can last longer. And I think that you might even see some news around swappable batteries. And that is going to be, I guess, a big game changer because the charging time for vehicles is one of the downers of uh, owning an EV vehicle. So all that could be in the frame, but he has put out a bit of a... Well, 
wanting to manage expectations. Yeah. He says, don't expect these innovations to come online anytime soon. It may be two years away. But even then, I'm not even sure it's going to be two years because he has made out a lot of bold promises in the past. And for example, the Cybertruck that he unveiled in 2017 is not on the road yet. He's uh, also talked about 1 million robo-taxis on the road and they don't even make fully autonomous cars yet. And he has even... Mm. Well, I'm not going to go under this. So mm. that is the idea you have right now that you might get a lot of promises but the time frame will be quite flexible. Yeah. Tesla shares dropping more than 6% after hours on Musk tweets after they close almost 2% higher for the day at $449.39. All right. We're about 15 minutes into the show, and I haven't said the name TikTok, at least not <laughs> Again, till TikTok. now. Yeah. Yesterday, we asked whether the saga was finished. It appeared Oracle and Walmart had the Trump administration's blessing to purchase TikTok's US operations from ByteDance, but that doesn't seem to be the case any longer. What is the latest? I, I think some people saw this coming. Donald Trump has changed his mind somewhat. He is now thinking twice. Is this deal really what he wanted? Because it doesn't fit his criteria entirely. So this is around the issue of Chinese ownership. So right off the bat, at first, he wanted to sell off or wanted uh, TikTok or ByteDance to sell off TikTok's US operations. Now there is this um, structure where Oracle is just a part owner and they will be the custodians. So it seems like he is not fully convinced that that is the way to go. So he is thinking about you know, buying more time, pushing mm. back the ban to just sit on this a bit more. And that is creating some concerns that we might not get a deal done. So that is something we are watching to see um, where the wind blows on this one. <laughs> All right. Uh, one company that was hoping to buy TikTok but didn't make the cut is Microsoft. The software giant has quickly moved on, though. It's announced a $7 billion US dollar deal to buy a video game publisher. So what will the acquisition of Bethesda Software, Softworks, bring to Microsoft? Yeah, if you are a gamer, this mm. is huge because under Bethesda, you've got huge franchise titles like Fallout, Skyrim, and even Doom, that first-person shooter that really kicked things off in the gaming industry. So quite a few huge titles that will now be under Microsoft's belt. And this is um, the acquisition worth $7.5 billion of Zenimax Media, which owns Bethesda. And this will be Microsoft's largest video game acquisition since Mojang, which owns Minecraft. That was $2.5 billion about six years ago. So what is significant is it is now going to be part of the Xbox arsenal. Mm. And in the lead up to Christmas, when they launched the Xbox, you might see some of this being packaged as part of his Game Pass subscription. So it is a huge boost for potential recurring income on the subscri subscription front. And it is maybe a bit of consolation that they now have this under their portfolio and not TikTok. So yeah. it is going to be a huge um, wave maker for Microsoft on the gaming front. Microsoft says Game Pass has 15 million subscribers. Will it be 15 million and one, Ryan? You gamer. <laughs> maybe if you buy one. So hey, be listen, <laughs> Doom defined my university years. Um, Xbox games, I understand, have disappointed uh, over the years recently, but we'll see. Xbox consoles being launched at the same time, going head-to-head -head with Sony Corp's PlayStation 5 in November for the launch. So we'll see.
In the meantime, let's check in on markets now. The STI fell about half a percent yesterday to 2485. How's it doing this morning? Right, so STI has been on a three-day losing streak. And if I look at what's happening right now off the gates, it is now continuing to extend losses in line with the rest of the region. It's now down by 0.4%. And of course, with all the headlines around the banks, global banks under pressure, uh, we saw yesterday OCBC leading losses down by 0.4% for local banks. Mm -hmm. And looking at what we have so far for... um, The opening minutes, right now, it is the same picture. We've got DBS and UOB in the red. DBS down by 0.1%. OCBC making back some of those losses is now in the green for now by 0.1%. Another stock to watch could be uh, Capo. It's offshore marine arm in the news for winning two contracts worth $200 million. And this is now seeing Capo stock price, though, Still under pressure, down 2.1%. So still looking at the same story from yesterday. And I think what's worth watching regionally is Mm -hmm. Australia. And that is because of the huge impact on oil prices or huge move in oil prices. The energy sector is leading leading losses. And you also have the um, deputy central bank governor. She says a weaker Australian dollar is going to be good for the Australian economy. So that is putting some pressure on the Australian dollar. And right now, the Aussie dollar versus the Sing dollar is at 98.37. Terrific. Ryan Huang joining me in Market View. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.